You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Hello, 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 podcast lovers. How are you all? It's Thursday, I'm Natalie, and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now, I have a really exciting show for you today. I've got a friend of mine on. She is a fantastic woman. Her career is vast. She's gone from working with young children to teaching people how to scuba dive in Southeast Asia. And she's now known as the talent sourcer and is a thought leader in the field, living by her own mantra, life is too short to work in boring jobs. Please put your hands together for the incredible Vanessa Roth. And the crowd goes wild. Woo-hoo. Oh, yay. How are you, Van? How's it, Nets? I'm good in you, my friend. I'm good. I'm really good. Now, people will get straight away. Where are you from? Where's that accent? I'll talk a little bit more and then they can tell me. <laughs> to figure out, yeah. Take a guess, take a guess. Here's take your chance. <laughs> okay, I'll let them know. I'll put them up in misery. I'm a South African. And you're based in Joburg at the moment? I'm Ooh. based in Johannesburg in South Africa. Did a bit of time over in the UK, which is where I met the lovely Nats. But now I'm back home in sunny South Africa. Oh, and I imagine the weather's probably warmer than it is here today. <laughs> it's hot today. It's, it's pretty much getting towards the end of winter. And I, no, today's the first day I've actually felt hot in a long time. Oh, that's awesome. Now, on your point, we met, uh, I think it was 2002 when I checked my... Well, it sounds about right. Year. Sounds about, about right, yeah. Yeah, those days of living in London are a bit of a blue. A lot of plants. <laughs> <laughs> and you're back in SA now. You've had an incredible life. Um, let's talk about how it all started. One of the one of the reasons I wanted to get you on is Vanessa has transformed her life and is pushing forward in great leaps and bounds. And it's incredible to see, actually, from this side of... Uh, well, north of the water, you know, traveling up from the Northern Hemisphere. It's quite incredible what you've done, going from all of your early days and and literally going through a career which has been vast and amazing, and you can touch on that, Um, but into the kind of industry that you're in now, where you are, you know, you're a thought leader in what you do. Uh, You're known as the Talent Talent Hunter, which is your company name. Absolutely. And what you are doing and the conferences that you're attending and the inspirational talks and just kind of educating and helping people get forward in the workplace and so forth. Tell everybody, how did it all start? A bit about you. So, 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 so pretty much my belief is that you must do what you enjoy doing. And, and if you're not enjoying it anymore, you, you need to make a change. And I don't believe that we were made to sit in one career for our whole lives. You know, gone are the days when you sit in one job for 30 years and leave with your gold watch and start your retirement. So I think I'm on my I don't know, a fourth or fifth career right now. And I've loved every single one of them. Like I, I haven't left them because I've disliked them or I've been beaten by a big stick. I've just found something else that caught my attention. I thought, wow, I want to do that. And I've moved on. So you're right. When we met back in 2002, I was a school teacher, you know, working in Southfields in London, um, you know, teaching year seven. And I loved that. It was fantastic. And then I kind of scheduled an early midlife crisis and I moved to live in Thailand <laughs> for a year. Thought I'd get it out the way. And uh, trained as a scuba diving instructor and went out there to um, go and train people to scuba dive. And then moved back to Johannesburg because then it was time I'd been away for like 12, 13 years to move back to the family and fell into recruitment. I went for an interview at a recruitment agency and um, they said, have you ever tried recruitment? Because I was trying to get into adult education. And I mean, bearing in mind, I'd had to cut off my dreadlocks. I'd been a diving instructor <laughs> for two years. I'd been living on a beach. I borrowed clothes from my mom to attend the interview. I mean, that's, that's how 
you know, I don't know, inexperienced I was or had no understanding of the corporate world and fell into recruitment, which then led to an internal recruitment role, which I've just left. And now I'm working for myself again and I'm training other recruiters to recruit better. And um, just, I love the freedom of doing my own thing at the moment and I can just take on any work and I'm learning, I'm growing, um, I'm really building, as you said, on my, my presenting skills, presented at quite a few international conferences now and, and a few more in the pipeline. So yeah, life is just great. And that's why I love your podcast. I think, you know, people try and put, put themselves into boxes too much. And, you know, if there's something you're passionate about, just go out there and grab it and do it. You'll surprise yourself. I totally agree. That's the thing, isn't it? And we, we spoke very briefly before we came on um, at started recording. Uh, and what, well, the, the view that both Van and I share is when you say yes to things, doors open. And when you think about what you want to do and you follow that lead, it's incredible what can come to you. And when you're you know, patient about things or you make the contact, but it is about taking that step forward and it is about coming out of comfort zones to a certain degree in order to do that you're constantly challenging yourself. And, and I think that that's, that's, you know, what people do because I did it recently. I mean, I, I sat in a job that I, I loved the people that I worked with and I, I still love them dearly, but I wasn't being challenged anymore. And um, I kind of got stuck, you know, I should have maybe have left uh, like a six months earlier, but I got stuck on what I was going to do instead of just taking the leap of faith and seeing what unfolded. Because since I've left, I mean, I, I said, okay, I'm going to leave and I'm going to do um, X and Y. But since I have left and I've started my own thing, I'm doing X and Y and AMV and O&P and whatever comes my way that really takes my interest. I'm like, cool, I'll do that. I like that. And I think that that's just the beauty of it, you know. So don't leave because you're scared of trying to verbalize what you want to do. It, it will happen. You're so right. That's exactly it. Because we can sit still, can't we? And we can say, I'll do that tomorrow. I mean, and I, I do do that still sometimes. It's, it's easy to say, no, I'll put, you, you can put something off. But when you do it, the sense of satisfaction you get, because you've achieved something already and you've, you've completed something. So it's a, it's a kind of a euphoric feeling almost. And then that continues because you feel empowered to do something else. Absolutely. And then it opens up more doors and then you do something for someone yes. and then they go and tell somebody else what you did. And then they contact you to say, you did this for my friend. Can you do this for me? And it just kind of snowballs and it, it like I'm just so busy at the moment. I don't know which way to turn and I've never worked as hard as this or as many long hours, but you know, I, I love it. And you know, the big thing is that as long as you've got a support network around you and I've got a, a totally amazing husband who supports me and was the one who kind of said, you know, just do it. I'll support you. And cheapers, I'm just, I'm smiling. Hey, I'm having the best time. That is just absolutely fantastic. Right. Okay. So let's just uh, chat a bit about, what you're doing and I think in terms of the kind of recruitment world and what that's like because it's very different to what it was 10-15 years ago absolutely everything's changed and I think you're almost reinventing the wheel which is why you are well everyone wants a piece of you <laughs> everyone wants to get you involved <laughs> and that whole kind of explosion you've spoken about what is it that you're doing differently or and that you want to see change within the recruitment world and how everything is changing in order to actually get the best talent so, so basically, um, the recruitment world's been turned on its head. So it's, it's no longer about a war for talent. That, that war for talent is, is finished. It was won by the candidates four or five years ago because we live in such a scarce skills kind of environment. So now I like to call it that it's a, it's a war for attention. So what I'm doing is, and I'm just trying to get people to, from a recruiting perspective, is I'm, I'm training recruiters to recruit in different places. So 
I'm hearing from everyone that, you know, when I chat to them, they say, and I say, you know, where do you find your candidates? Everyone's telling me they're looking on LinkedIn and they're looking on uh, job boards or job portals or whatever you want to call it. And for me, we're just recycling the same candidates. So I'm trying to encourage them to do, go after candidates who are sitting like on Facebook or on Twitter because not everyone goes onto LinkedIn. It's not that popular with everyone. Um, yeah, you know, Behance for designers and um, architects and digital photographers and UI UX people is, is a great place to look for them. And just to get people to kind of bring that human element back to recruitment. So, you know, don't just talk to people when you want to recruit them for a job. Build a community around you. So what I'm trying to train is to get recruiters to specialize in a certain space. So be an IT recruiter or specialize in the retail space or whatever it is, but then build a network. So when the roles come in, you already know who's in your network. You already know who might be ready to leave where they're working and just do things differently. You know, instead of being so reactive with your recruitment, mm. go and be more proactive, have those communities ready and kind of the days of posting an advert and seeing what response comes in. You've got to go after the big guns in the market and the people who are standing out on social media, you know, the people yeah. who are presenting at the conferences, who are, have got an opinion. Those are your A players who we should be trying to headhunt. Yeah, no, you're quite right. And in that same kind of conversation, but on the other side of the coin, what do what does anybody need to do in order to try to get the job they want now? I mean, we've spoken about seizing the day and going for your going for the opportunities because it will open the doors will open and you can push yourself forward but what does any one person need to do to make themselves stand out and i think you've touched on social media getting yourself out there maybe doing the presenting it's all coming out of comfort zones but so how does one person just get on and do that so, so i've actually grown my business really successfully so i launched on the first of april and i've used a tactic wow, was called... it only the first of april <laughs> tell me about it Sorry. april fool's day great day to wow. start right <laughs> So, so pretty much what I did was um, I haven't made one cold call and I'm literally now fully booked until pretty much towards the end of September with training, with sourcing, all of those things, which is fantastic. I mean, I haven't had to pick up the phone and cold call and market myself once. And I've literally done it all by using this growth hacking, which is a type of marketing. It's very interactive and it's a lot of posting on social media. So, you know, I found that a lot of people are getting me in to train their teams because they see that I'm training their competitors and nobody wants to miss out. So it's, it's phenomenal. It's basically working for itself. So whenever I finish my second day of training at the company, we take a team photo, we tag everyone on LinkedIn or any other social media platform. And then it's kind of like, hey, look where I was this week. Look who I trained. And then I'm sure a lot of people are booking my training out of FOMO or you know, you can't go and can't train like the competitors or something like that. So look into growth, growth hacking. It's, it's a very aggressive kind of way of marketing and it's about um, interpreting your results and trying to make sure that you are, um, you know, you're tweaking whatever you're posting because different tweaks will get different results. So I, right, I recommend okay. that. And so, you know, if you put something on social media, as long as you don't lie, cause I, I'm not an advocate of that, but you know, put yeah, your best yeah. foot forward. Um, and I know a lot of people think that this could border on, you know, a little bit of arrogance, but for me, it's, it's not, I'm promoting my business. I'm promoting what I do. I, do you know, that's really interesting. And I think it's not arrogance though, is it? It's confidence. And I think yeah. there is a difference. You can't, I mean, it's a fine line because you, I think particularly with the written word, people interpret things very differently. So someone might read it as being arrogant when actually it's, you know, it's a level of confidence, but that's very true. Cause I think you've got to sell yourself. Uh, and you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to be seen. You've got to, you've, you're, you're selling yourself and you're, you're, you're your agent almost pushing. And 
And you're a great example of that. I mean, literally, honestly, I, I find it incredible watching what you've done online and seeing how you're growing. And as you say, going from one conference to the next, flying here, flying there. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing. Amazing. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, the, the, this, this is the, the school teacher who was sitting in London, you know, 15, <laughs> you 15 so? years ago, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and now, now look what I'm doing. And I just think that, you know, the sky's the limit. And if you have the self-confidence in your abilities, then you know, you've got to take a calculated risk. I mean, that's, I'm not telling someone to leave a high paying job with like no money in the bank or, you know, no support structures, but it's a, it's a calculated risk. If, so if yeah. you're sitting there and you're vacillating as to what you should be doing, and I'll go back to my point earlier of, I got too hung up on what else I would be doing instead of just giving myself the time to do it. And you can't do it while you're sitting in full-time employment. You've got to kind of get out. You've got to have all those coffee meetings. You've got to meet people. Um, and you've got to see what comes of it. Yeah. I want to touch on something that you and I spoke about actually before we started on the podcast, because I think this is really relevant for anyone who is listening, because confidence is the key, isn't it? You've got to push yourself forward. You've got to do the networking. And that's well, no, no one else is going to do it for you, Nets. That's why you've got to do it. Exactly. And it's you that's got to push yourself forward. So in terms of there's a fear, isn't it? Because you worry about things not working out and things going wrong. Can we talk about, you said to me, you did a webinar. Was oh, it yesterday? Yes. No, it was last <laughs> night. Last oh, night, oh my goodness. Going. I nearly died. So, so basically, <laughs> I, was, I was on an international webinar. I mean, it was, this was a live talk. There were 600 people registered. It was huge. Wow. I mean, I'd been really nervous about it. Um, yeah. Company out of uh, the States called uh, Recruiting Daily. And um, I got onto the call at six. I chatted with the organizers for half an hour and then we kind of went live at half past six. And I'd kind of pushed it on all my social media platforms for like the week, two weeks before. I knew there were a lot of my mates on there, a lot of South Africans. And at about 20 to seven, my flipping internet connection at home died. <laughs> so I obviously lost the connection with the webinar. Um, there were people hanging around. It literally took me 10 minutes to get back onto the webinar, to get back, to get the presenter rights, to run through the PowerPoint presentation. Like it was just madness. And um, so I did it. I mean, then I got on and I carried on with the, the um, webinar, but it was kind of like, I don't know whether to laugh hysterically, cry, or just <laughs> nick the bottle of wine that was sitting next to the laptop, my laptop, you know. It was just one of those situations. But I think that if you can kind of, just recover and keep going with it, then you'll be all right. At the end of the day, you know, if your tech goes wrong, your tech goes wrong. You know, what, yeah. what, can, what can you do? And, you know, I just kind of blamed it on like the poor South African Wi-Fi. You know, it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, this is Africa. I mean, and luckily we didn't have a power failure in the middle. You know, then I, oh, then I would yeah. have been screwed. Shed, was it load shedding or whatnot? Exactly, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, you know what, I just think that, don't take life too seriously. I think a lot of people are very hard on themselves and they get very stressed yeah. very easily. And, you know, it's a whole thing like keeping up with the Joneses and am I doing yeah. all right? And stop questioning and just be, you know, be in the yeah. moment. And that's think, so important. Yeah. It's so important. You're right. You've hit the nail on the head. It's, it's a now situation, isn't it? And, you know, we, we're all guilty of it. We can all just hesitate and not do something, but you've got to seize that. And I love that story and that experience because it just goes to show Things can go wrong for absolutely anybody. Oh yeah, and you are you're a great professional. You're experienced in what you do, and yet this kind of thing still happens to you. So it's a great. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Though it's a great thing for everybody to understand who wants to make that leap. It doesn't matter, as you say, live in the moment. Ah, and I think it also depends on. On, on how you um you know you deal with it. You know you everyone's yeah. human. You know and and people will understand if you if you do make a mistake. It's it's really not the end of the world. 
And um, I think that that's something that which people need to to realize because the upside of taking that leap is so much better. Like, you know, I'll I'll look at people who are in these high flying corporate jobs and they just seem to be so overly stressed. And I, I don't know. I just don't don't know how they cope. Yeah, I have to say, I look back actually at my at the job I've just left, and I feel so different. But I know exactly you stay with some. Have you? I'm going to ask you a question. Right. Have you popped into your old offices and seen like the stress etched on people's faces? I've spoken to yeah, I've spoken to a few friends actually, and in fact, I'm meeting some old colleagues tonight. Once once we're done, I'm going to pop into town. Yeah, it's it's wow, they're feeling it honestly. And uh, don't you think that you that yeah. was you? It was, oh crikey, yeah. And I, it's what you don't realize. You only realize once you take a step away and then you go back in. And you see, what was I thinking? Why didn't I make the move sooner? I don't, I don't think that, to be honest, but I just think that how I've now got the stress I can put on me is, is myself, you know? And I don't know, I just, I just seemed like a, I feel like I've got more time for, for life and my family. And, you know, and if I'm, if I'm going to work, then the results, I'm going to reap the, the, the rewards. Yeah, it's for you. Different feeling. Yeah. And also having that life-work balance. Yes. Well, well there's no more work-life balance. There's not even a work-life bend. It's now a work-life <laughs> integration. I just listened to a very good oh, really? podcast on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's all about the integration these, these days. And, and it's true, you know, you've got to have um, a company that looks after their staff. And if they need to nip out during the day, they understand because no one stops working at five and switches their phone off. Let's face it. No. It's a different world, isn't it? It's an entirely different world. And on that, how are you set up now? So you work from home. You did, where did I read? You've got a standing desk. So yeah, so that was on Instagram. So I've got a standing okay. desk. So so I don't. I'm not standing at my desk at the moment because my, my house is like a war zone because we're redoing the bathrooms at the moment. So Love Love I'm, I'm actually sitting at my parents' house at the moment doing this podcast with you. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so I work from so I must admit, hey Nurse, when I when I resign, I pictured myself a lot more sitting at home in my pajamas, wrapped in a blanket, <laughs> my cat on my lap, and uh, working from home. But because the training side of my business is really what took off first, which is cool, and I love training, I love sharing with people. I, you know, it's just great; it's my passion. I'm actually out and about. So I have seen places in around Joburg and South Africa that I never knew existed. So the other day I was so far out of town, I was driving past fields with horses. And that's wow. how far I was out of civilization to go and train a company that's like based in the sticks. But wow. um, even more than that, I mean, I, I can't believe the uptake from an international perspective. So I, I'm training companies internationally in Canada, in the States, in Dubai, in India. And that was something that I never thought would happen for my, it was, not that I didn't think it would happen. It's just, it never crossed my mind. Mm. And now I'm having so much fun, you know, it, you know, training companies, you know, from our third bedroom where I stand at my standing desk and I can train and I can use my hands because I talk with my hands, like jazz hands all the time. <laughs> and um, it's, as I say, it's just so great. I get to meet people all over the world. That's incredible. And do you know what? I'm, I'm pleased you came on to that because one of the things I wanted to ask you was, and you mentioned just before we started talking, it's not just South Africa you're now working with. It's gone global. It's a much more international side of things. Is there, a, I know the answer to this question, but let's go through it anyway. Is there a difference? For, for, for me in the recruiting space is that, I, I, the, the, yes and no, but for me, no one is sourcing candidates in new and exciting places and really trying to bring that human element back into recruitment. So, you know, a lot of the recruitment's going very tech. So, I mean, at the moment it's full of buzzwords, you know, AI and, you know, all of those <laughs> things that are coming, are recruiters going to be replaced by robots and what, 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 what. 
But for me, it's actually the tech is enabling us to bring back the human element. And that is really, really important because that's what people want because no one wants to be picked up by chatbots, let's face it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's giving us an opportunity to really shine by showing our really good people skills. And, and that's what I love about it. So I think globally, people are not thinking out of the box when it comes to where they're going to find this talent. And people are still um, hiding behind the tech, you know. So for example, let's, let's take a, a LinkedIn, you know, people who join LinkedIn don't go on there every day. So people send a message to someone on LinkedIn and they might only be picked up in like three months time. So instead of doing that, reach out to the person on Facebook because people are on Facebook more regularly than LinkedIn. So it's like the basics, you know? Do you know, I love what you've just said because that happened to me the other day. I don't use LinkedIn. I mean, I've, I've got a profile, you know, I've got bits and bobs on there. I go in, oh, once a week maybe i see the little uh, the the numbers on the notifications just rack up and i just i don't actually go in but i'm in twitter i'm in facebook i'm in all the social platforms so much more because i missed someone by uh, like two weeks so it might have even been three weeks uh, probably through yeah. yeah it was quite a long time i went i said sorry i missed this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so true so true i love it i love it i love it i love everything you've spoken about i think it's incredible um i want to fire some fun questions your way so what was the last book you read? Um, okay, the last book I read was a book called The Great Alone by Christina Henna. So I don't read business books or motivational books. The reason is, is that that's kind of like my one time when I climb into bed, snuggle up to my handsome husband, and I pull out my Kindle. And that's, that's kind of like my relaxation time. I read heaps. I really and truly do. I read on holiday. So, so I don't, it's not, not a business book, but it's a, it's a really good book about a family who um, the father suffers through the Vietnam War, and they go and end up living in Alaska. And I actually finished the book. How's this? Flying back from Cape Town last week when I'd been down there training. And I had the ugly cry on the plane because it was oh. such a... It was such a moving book that, thank goodness, there was no one in the seat next to me because I literally had to take off my glasses and wash them, you know, when you've had such a cry. <laughs> I, do you know, I love that, though, when you feel such emotion and how a writer is able to do that, you know, yeah. bring out that raw, or I do like it. Like I love reading. Feel. I do, yeah, you've read some good books I've picked up from you as well, actually. You've got yes. Some good ones. Um, okay, uh, who is your biggest inspiration? Yeah, I think... Um, Oh, there's been so many people that have inspired me along my journey, hey, from, from different walks of life. And, you know, depending on which career I've been working in, like my old boss who I just finished working with, I had a really good, have a really good relation with him. He was really inspiring. He's a great businessman. Um, you know, even up to like Nelson Mandela. I mean, you're amazing yeah. man. I mean, you get in prison for 27 years and you come out and you, you're not bitter and twisted about it. I just think that we, so that humans should spend more time being inspired and hearing each other's stories as opposed to just being negative about other people and not listening to them. And so for me, I can't put it onto one person. I mean, the whole international globing sourcing community inspires me every day. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just so many, too many to name. I like that. I went to a conference la- oh, a couple of weeks ago now and I've sat in on a panel and it was to do with um, authors to talking about stories, how we get to plots and whatnot. And it was about uh, why we like the, the bad, the bad girls or, you know, a, a, a tricky, very uh, deep character. And to touch on what you've just said, the reason we like them is because we actually understand the depth of character. And that's what makes them endearing, even though they could be a bad person. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So going back to what you just said about uh, Nelson Mandela and how we don't look beyond what we see as an outside book cover when actually there's so much more behind there. And if we can get inspired by what people do by learning to understand and actually given a little bit of 
time to learn, I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I just think that everyone's got something of value to add. I mean, I'm not Pollyanna, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I just think that everyone's got some good points about them. And, you know, if only we would take more time to hear people's stories, I think they're fascinating. I agree. I agree. I like that. That's why I love your podcast, because I get to hear other people's stories. Oh, see, I like you. You can come on more. (laughs) Uh, What's the, right, since you've traveled a decent amount, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten or tried? Uh, so we've got this dish in, in Africa called Mopani worms. So it's like, oh, um, what? It's like, it's like, yeah, you see, you must ask an African this. It's like, a, it's almost like a grub. So more like a fat silkworm kind of thing. And what they do is they, is they like fry them. And I ate Mopani worms um, on, on one of my trips through Africa. They were actually really tasty. It tasted a bit like peanut butter. So they're, they're not alive because you've just fried them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And quite juicy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm eating some weird stuff. And I'm always willing to try something once. I can imagine. You're brilliant. Yeah. So I'll say no. <laughs> um, on a nicer note, what's your favourite ice cream flavour? Oh, you see, now this is a bit of a standing joke with the, the family. So every time we say we got a, we have like a chocolate attack at home or an ice cream attack and we'll go off to the shops to get a Magnum, my husband and son always turn to me and say, you can't have chocolate mint fan. And this is before we even walked into the shop. They yeah. say, no, you're not allowed to have, you can have any other Magnum flavour. And I'm like, you too. Keep quiet. Shut up now. Because <laughs> I always have chocolate. I love chocolate. I, I really enjoy it. So chocolate Magnum is that is that's my game. Chocolate mint is my favourite as well. It's the best in the world. Cornetto though, love it. I'm with you. I didn't know you could get a Magnum though. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. Maybe that's Give it a bash. We're coming in know. December. I might have to try. Fantastic. Yeah, we're coming for Christmas. I'm really looking forward to it. Actually. Also, but Cape Town, hey, when you come up. Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, Cape Town. Be the first time I've been away from the UK for Christmas, ever. Because it's not really Christmas yet, it's too blinking hot. It's too hot, I know. That's going to freak me out. We said to the boys, actually, how do you feel about being in South Africa for Christmas? Jamie says, yeah, I think I might die from the heat. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, it's been Christmas Day on Camps Bay Beach. I mean, you can't go wrong, right? (laughs) Well, quite, quite. Oh, I'm I'm going to look it out then. Okay. Um, So I always ask everybody these two questions. What was the last image you took on your phone? Oh, no, this is, this is funny. So before I actually came here, I've been running around because I, I mentioned that they're doing the renovations at home. So the last picture that I took was actually of you and I chatting. Oh, yes. <laughs> the ones previously were of shower doors because I need to go and choose shower doors for the shower. And I was trying to talk to my husband at the same time as WhatsApping him pictures of tiles, of taps, of shower heads, of shower doors, just so that he could help me choose while he's sitting in the office. So that's, that's I've got a brilliant. lot of sanitary wear on my phone at the moment. <laughs> I've got so many practical photos, sanitary wear. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that's, that's how rock and roll I am. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then finally, what is your most used emoji? Uh, smiley face. I, and I put yeah. it on emails. I put it all over the place. It's, it's, I don't know, it's always yeah. become like a habit. Um, yeah. but, it, but I think it's just really, epitomizes me. You know, I very really don't have a smile on my face. And yeah. You know, so okay, right. So finally, to wrap it up, what would you say to somebody? And then we've gone through a whole wonderful, well, wonderful d- discussion about how to seize the day generally, anyway. But what would you say to somebody who sat down now, listen to this? They might be at their desk at work. They might be pondering what to do next. They might be wanting to go on an adventure, write a book, whatever. What would you say to them in order for them to just get up and seize the day? Give them a little bit of a kick or inspire them. I'm going to end this with an Africanism then. And, and there's, a, there's a famous African quote that says, uh, how do you eat an elephant? Do you want me to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> answer, answer me. How do you eat an elephant? Oh, well, I don't want to. 
<laughs> it has nothing to do with your funny food question. No, the, the answer to okay. that is in small pieces. So it's an Africanism. And basically oh, it's just okay. like take a small step towards your goal every single day. And, and, and like you, you know, be, be positive, put it out there, but just keep working towards it and things will start falling into place. Don't overthink it. But as long as you're moving closer and closer to that goal, you'll be surprised how quickly you will reach that goal. And that's my best advice. I love it. That's good. Small steps. You're quite right. Love it. Thank you, <laughs> Vanessa. Man, I love it. This is brilliant. Where can everybody find you to pimp out your social media? Oh, my media? word. Okay, well, how Website. long have you got? I mean, we've got a time limit. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so basically, um, probably the best place where you're going to get hold of me is going to be on, on Facebook. It is Vanessa Rath. That's V-A-N-E-S-S-A-R-A-A-T-H. Same on uh, LinkedIn. I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram too. If you like Siamese cats, follow me on Instagram. I've got the cutest one in the world. And then my handles on Twitter and Instagram are at van underscore Roth, R-A-A-T-H. Uh, my website is vanessaroth.com. My email is van at vanessaroth.com. Um, I answer to most names and smoke signals and whatever platform <laughs> you're comfortable on, reach out to me. I'm probably going to be there somewhere. Absolutely brilliant. Very inspiring. I Yeah, I have to say it's been wonderful. Van and I have been trying to organize this now for <laughs> a long time. weeks, a long time. <laughs> One thing or another, we you know we've had to postpone, but this has been incredible. Just to see your face as well, it's been such a long time. So, uh, yeah, Christmas time. If I end up coming up to Joburg, I'll come and say hi. Oh, for sure. For sure. Definitely. I might try and do a day trip. Yeah, I think I might try. So we'll that would be brilliant. Let me let yeah. me know. But remember, I'm taking a month off in December and January, hey? Because that's what <gasps> happens when you work for yourself. So, wow, everybody, see, I need to follow you. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me and thanks everybody for listening. Take care, look after yourself, keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. All contact information can be found in the show notes together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please pop over to seizethedashday.com where you'll find my other shows and come and talk to me at Twitter or email me on nataliemillersnell at gmail.com.